Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm reading from the message, but Paul's speaking to the church in Corinth. And in a sense, he's talking about his struggles. He's talking about what's happening with him and, and his journey. And all the way through it, it's this common thread of hope. It's this thread of pointing to the future and also looking at what God has done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. But in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the struggle, he talks about how awesome God is. So we're going to pick it up here in verse 7. Of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says this, if you, look, if you only look at us, you might as well miss the brightness, Paul says. We carry this precious message around in, in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, listen to it, what they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder, what Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, look at what he says. He says, you're getting in on the best. Verse 13 says, we're not keeping this quiet. Not on your life. Just like the psalmist wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe. And we, what we believe is that the one who raised up Master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail worked to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people more and more praise. That's something I'm believing for our church in this season. More and more grace, more and more people, and more and more praise. And he goes on and he finishes up by saying this, so we're not giving up. We're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like we're falling apart, uh, things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more than meets to the eye. The things that we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now we, we, will last forever. I want to preach a message to you right now with this title, The Struggle is Real. The Struggle is Real. Come on, let's all pray together believe for God's word to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word as always, Father. We know that it speaks life into us and it helps us and it molds us and it shapes us and it changes everything, Lord. So God, as we look to your word today for answers and for help and um, for healing, Lord, Father, for restoration, God, for breakthrough, Lord, I just thank you that you always speak through your word. You use it, Father, to accomplish your will in our lives, God. So as we move forward, as we look to you, Father, we just thank you that you're working and you're, you're active and you're near. So, Lord, we thank you for it, God. We pray 
for everything that's going on right now. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen and amen. Well, the struggle is real. And I wanted to get real for a moment and just talk about the struggle. The struggle is real. And we're living in a time where, man, 2020, it's like, what an amazing first half of the year this is. It's just, it's so real. And there is so much going on. But you know, the struggle is not something that's foreign to, to believers. The struggle is not something that's foreign. And we see it in God's Word. So I'm going to jump right into the first point this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you know what I'm about to say. You can write this down. But point number one this morning is this, is there is a struggle and it is real. There is a struggle and it is real. And you might think, well, Pastor, that's pretty obvious right now. But sometimes in our lives, we can get into a place where, especially with the comforts of all that we have in 2020, we get into our own little bubble and our own little you know, lane in life and our own stream. And we think, you know, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good. But the truth is there is a struggle and it is real. And Jesus was clear about the struggle. So Jesus speaks about the struggle. Paul here in 2 Corinthians 4 is experiencing the struggle. He's um, testifying to the goodness of God in the struggle. And you and I today, we're also in a struggle. Listen to what Jesus says in John 16, verse 33 in the NIV. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. You will have trouble. He sort of makes it pretty clear right there. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have issues. You will have obstacles. There's going to be stuff that happens to you and me. There is a struggle and it is real. Jesus says, he says this. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, over here, there's going to be struggle. Your life, there will be struggle. But look to me. Look to me. Because in me... I will issue peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. So Jesus talks about the struggle. Paul experiences many trials on his missionary journey. In his time, he's beaten and, you know, completely overcome at times. Look at our text this morning. It says this. It says, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles. You could put struggles there. He says, but he makes amazing contrast here. He says, but we're not demoralized. I mean, we're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. I feel like that's a word for someone this morning watching right now. That you feel like, man, on the inside, you feel like it, maybe even in your spirit, you feel like in your soul, it's like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm being completely torn apart. I feel like the foundations are gone. I feel spiritually terrorized. But you need to declare what Paul declared, which is this. But God hasn't left my side. He hasn't left me alone. Paul says we've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. See, this is a declaration that we can have this morning in the midst of the struggle. Yes, the struggle is real. There might be something crazy going on for you personally. We sort of see what it is corporately right now, what we're facing as a society. That struggle is real. But we can declare this today that God hasn't left our side. He hasn't walked away. He hasn't gone in the opposite direction. No, the struggle is real, but God is with us. You know, there's a struggle right now that... I believe it's not so much of a natural struggle as it is a spiritual struggle. There's a spiritual struggle. You know, there's always two conversations going on. 
You look in the Bible, there's always two conversations and, and you look in life, it's the same. There's a natural conversation, there's a natural circumstance, there's a natural outcome, there's naturally speaking stuff going on over here, but there is always a spiritual parallel as well. And in the struggle, we see it. It's the struggle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. It's the struggle between um, what God is trying to establish and what the enemy is trying to take away. This might be true for you in your life right now, but there's always a struggle between what God is trying to establish in your life, what he's trying to put into you, what he's trying to help you with, what he's trying to speak into your life, what he's trying to bring in. And then there's a struggle of what the enemy is trying to take away. And the enemy is cunning. He can be deceptive. He can lie. I feel like there's so much of that going on right now. But he can, he can get in there and he can try to uh, install doubt into your life. Try to remove what God is doing. We're in the midst of the biggest struggle for unity in our nation right now. See, what, the God, what God is trying to establish, the enemy is trying to take away. We're in the midst of the biggest struggle right now for truth. Generally speaking, we're in a struggle for truth, but even biblical truth, what God is trying to establish, the enemy will try to take away. It's a struggle. We're in the midst of a struggle, I believe, for souls right now. I believe that, that, that more than ever, the world is so ready for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone needs to give me an amen in the chat room right now for that, but there is absolutely a struggle on the earth for the souls. And I believe, I believe from the moment this whole thing started that this was going to be the greatest opportunity to see souls one into the kingdom of God than ever before. That people are just going to in droves find their way after this into the house of God. That are going to find their way into revival meetings. That the Holy Spirit is going to move in a powerful way and set people alight for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a struggle. And this struggle Israel, you and I need to understand today that just like Paul explained to the church in Corinth that the struggle is real. There is a struggle, it's real, and it's in this world. So number one, there is a struggle, but number two, I'm just going to get straight to the point, is Jesus hasn't walked away. In fact, he's just walked in to this struggle. He has just walked in. Jesus hasn't left the building. No, he's actually just about to walk into your struggle. And it might be right now in this moment. It might be an awakening moment where you're like, oh, actually, you know what? That's right. That Jesus can be in the midst of my struggle. Look at what he says. He says, our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. I'd love it if you could write this down. Sometimes I ask us in church to write down things that I believe God's saying or speaking or really he's making kind of known to me and I want you to take it as well. But I'd love for you to write this down. The struggle is real, but my Savior is strong. The struggle is real, but my Savior is strong. Maybe you need to write that on a card and put it on the dashboard of your car this week that, yeah, the struggle's real, but you know what? My God is strong. That Jesus, he's my savior. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the one who knows the beginning from the end. He's the one who can take me through this. He's the one that can then get in the midst of this with me. The struggle is real, but my savior is strong. You know what the enemy hates? Is the fact that you can declare the entry of Jesus into your struggle. See, what the enemy would love for you to do right now and in life generally is to, to, to walk through struggle, to walk through pain, to walk through seasons of challenge, feeling like you're on your own. 
He would love for you to walk through those struggles feeling like there isn't much hope for you, that there isn't anyone doing it with you, that it's just like, man, God has forgotten about me. See, the enemy, he loves people to have an orphan spirit, a feeling like they're just abandoned, that they're on their own. But there is something powerful that happens when we declare Jesus as Lord over the struggle and say, Jesus, I need you to come in. Come and do this with me. I'm not, I don't want to do this on my own, but you can do it with me. And we have the power and the ability to do that today. Paul said it this way to the Corinthians. He said, we've been spiritually terrorized. Spiritually terrorized in the message it says. But God hasn't left our side. When's the last time you went through something in life and you stopped halfway through, took a pause and went and brought Jesus into the fight with you? I mean, seriously, it's just, I feel like there have been many times I've gone through something and I've kind of got into it and started to f- try to figure it out in my own logic, try to work it out on my own, try to find the solutions, do the thing. And I've stopped in the middle. I'm like, man, I haven't prayed about this. I haven't asked God to come into it. I haven't got God in on this. And that's what we can do. So Jesus hasn't walked away. No, in fact, Jesus is just about to walk in. You know, I think this is something we don't talk about enough in church that you know, it's the truth this morning. So Jesus doesn't walk away from a fight. You know, I would walk away from a fight, maybe run away from a fight. In fact, when I was preparing this message, I was thinking about how things used to be for me on the rugby field as a kid in school. And I was probably one of the, the, the shorter, um, not as big rugby players. But I'll tell you right now that I used to not like to get into a fight on the rugby field. There would sometimes be some fights, and I'll tell you, the best place for me to be was not in that fight. I would run away from some of those fights. But this is the thing about Jesus, is sometimes we can forget, but Jesus is ready to fight. Jesus is ready to come into your fight and be with you in your struggle. But here's the question this morning is, am I inviting him into my struggle? Am I bringing him into my world? Am I inviting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who is the Savior of my soul, the one who has accomplished so much on the cross that has been my salvation pioneer? Am I inviting Jesus into my struggle? This should give us such great courage today that ultimately, no matter what, we don't have to fight our battles solo, that we could go through even a health crisis right now. But Jesus is with us. Jesus is in the struggle with us. Yes, the struggle is real, but Jesus just walked in and he's ready to be everything that you need him to be. You know, I feel like right now in this season, there is a serious lack of peace. In fact, so much so there's no longer peace has been completely sucked out of the, the spiritual atmosphere. and It's been replaced with a spirit of fear. But here's what we need to do is we need to start declaring the Prince of Peace over the struggle. We need to start bringing Jesus into our midst. We need to start declaring his victory over our struggle. It's what the enemy doesn't want you to do. The enemy wants you to walk through life thinking you're defeated, thinking you're beaten up, thinking you're never going to make it, thinking that it's all going to fall down. But it's the opposite. Jesus is ready and he's with us. I believe it's encouragement for us today to look to God's word, look to the apostle Paul. 
I don't know about you, but that gives me incredible encouragement. I mean, I am not the Apostle Paul. What the Apostle Paul went through, the anointing that was on his life, the, the, the face-to-face encounter with Jesus, the revelation, and he's here saying that we have been spiritually terrorized, that we have been broken, that we have been um, absolutely uh, taken down. But we know God's at work. We know that he hasn't left our sides. That's a declaration that you and I can have as well. You know, Ephesians 6, I want to read it to you. It's in verse 10 through 18 in the message. And it talks about ultimately what we're in the midst of right now. You know, the battle, the struggle is still real. And it says this in verse 10, it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up against everything The devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. Verse 13. Look at what it says. This is our instruction. This is our our how-to today. Come on, church. This is is how we're going to get through this moment right here. Paul's speaking it into our life right now. He says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, listen to it, you'll still be on your feet. You'll still be on your feet. And here are the weapons. Here are the the opportunities for us today in this season, at this time. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, he says, are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. Listen to it. God's word is an indispensable weapon. I just want to stop right there. You know, if you're feeling like, man, you're up against it, if you're feeling like there is a struggle, the best thing you can do right now is you can take God's word and you can begin to apply it into your life. You know, of all the weapons of the armor of God, you know, God's word is the only offensive weapon. There are all the other ones that are defensive, but the one that's, that you can go on the offensive with is the word of God. So can I just encourage you in this season while the struggle is real, and I believe even beyond that, when maybe even the struggle doesn't feel as real but the best thing we can do is get God's word into us get in our quiet times in the morning you know one of the best things you can do is spend time with the Lord in his word every single day and this is why yes you get communion with God yes you get prayer time yes you get time to be able to be in his midst and you know build that relationship with you that you have with the Lord but this is what God will do through his word is he's going to give you scripture he's going to give you the the, the sword of truth he's going to give you the, the offensive weapon for your day He's going to give you your daily bread that you're going to take out into your world. Come on, church. Let's all get excited about this today. This is God's word at work in our lives. But we've got to get it. We've got to take this indispensable weapon that Paul is saying to the church. He's saying, take this weapon out into your world. And I'm believing for testimonies and good reports for you as you go out into your world, as you begin to hear these things, you hear about the struggle and you meet that struggle with the offensive um, weapon of the word of God. You begin to share scripture. You begin to say, hey, I spent time with the Lord this morning and the Holy Spirit said this to me. Man, it's a game changer for me. I'm going to speak it into your life. It changes everything. And it's powerful. And it's amazing. God's word is an indispensable weapon in our lives. So he goes on and he says, in the same way. It's what we're about to do in just a moment. Prayer is, an, is essential in this ongoing warfare. Prayer 
is essential. You know, there's a lot of talk right now about what is essentials. There it is right there. In this same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. He's talking about spiritual eyes. Keeping them open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So yes, the struggle is real. Yes, the challenges have come. Yes, there's a time. I've never seen a time like this, but this is what I know. That just means that never before does the the amplification of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ carry even more weight. Because I believe right now in our world church, I believe right now, not just in your living room, but also in the the spaces and the places you go, whether, you, you know, social distance or not, that the world is ready and is receptive to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why this word that he's given us, it's active, it's breathing, it's alive, it can change people's lives. And I believe we're going to take it to our world and it's going to change the struggle that we're in. So the struggle is real, but my Savior is strong. I pray you receive that word today. I pray that it helps you in some way. Maybe this is even a message that you could send to someone you know is in the struggle, that you know is in the midst of a fight. Maybe this could be something that could really bless and help and change them. So here's what I'd like to do. I want to take a moment. I want to pray over the struggle right now, the society struggle that we have. I mean, We've got a few minutes right now, but what, a, what, what better opportunity than right now to stop and to say, Lord, we look to you. We believe that just like Paul talks about in his letter to the Corinthian church, and just like he says to the Ephesians, says we can look to you, Lord, as the, uh, uh, with the word of God on our hearts, praying and believing that not only have you not left our side, but that you're going to bring about answers and healing and every good thing that comes from heaven. So come on, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. I want to pray specifically for healing right now. I mean, we would do this anyway. If people were here, we'd pray for people to get healed today. We'd pray for the, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ to, to heal people anyway. But, you know, we're in the midst of a health crisis. So let's take this opportunity and um, let's believe together for people to... This is what I really want to do. I, I want to pray for people to, to have um, miracle turnarounds. It's just been on my heart and my spirit this morning that there would just be miracle turnarounds in our midst. Like people were going this way and it was looking bad and the diagnosis was, was like this. And all of a sudden, because we prayed, because we asked God that all of a sudden that person is going that way on the road to health and to healing and I'm believing for miracles of in, in a moment that God heals people. Yes, we work through the wisdom of doctors and yes, we, yes, we look to, to expertise in that way, but we always answer to the highest power, which is in the name of Jesus. So I also want to just want to encourage you, if you're watching this message, maybe you're in a living room full of people right now, and you are sick, um, I just want to just invite the people that are in that living room to contend for healing with you in this moment. We're going to pray right now, um, and then I'm going to pray again in a moment for something else. But I just want to take that moment right now just to pray and just to believe for God to, to bring about His purpose and His, His glory uh, in the midst of this season um, we're in. So Lord, we just pray right now. Come on, church, let's all just pray together right here in your living room. You just pray right along there with me. Lord, we just pray right now, Father, for for this health crisis, God. Father, even for this resurgence in numbers and cases and data, God, we just, Father, we claim and we speak the name of Jesus, which is the higher power and the higher authority. And Lord, we just know that as we declare that name, the name above all names, 
God, that something changes, Lord. Something shifts in our midst. Something is different, God. So, God, I pray specifically right now, Lord, for people that have given, been given the diagnosis, that have been given the positive, that have been told that, um, you know, this is what it is. Lord, I just pray right now that you would just bring about miracle healing, God. Father, we pray for unusual, audacious miracles, God. Father, turn around stories, Lord. We pray and we believe for it right now, God. Father, I pray for testimony in doctors' rooms. Father, I pray for the gospel being shared in hospitals, Lord. Father, I pray for people to, to, to come into a room where there is no hope and with a, with a sense and a spirit of hopelessness, God, but because of your power, your might, your strength, Father, your word, that people get turned around, Lord, and get um, turned onto the things of God and ultimately a relationship with Jesus. So, God, we thank you for it, Lord. Father, we, we look to you with eyes of faith today. And we just ask in Jesus' name that you would begin to minister to your people. Holy Spirit, we open up our life to you. Bring in that healing. Father, we, we, we open up our, the doors of our heart to you right now. We ask that you come in, God. We thank you for every good thing that's going to come, Lord. We thank you for the praise reports in advance. Father, we thank you for um, you know, just the, the waves of people that are going to uh, come into the doors of, come through the doors of our church and also the, the churches of our city, Lord, as a result of this crisis, God, that people would shift and turn their hearts to you. In Jesus' name, come on. In Jesus' name, we all said together, Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I want to do one. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it? We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.